This is three Chicago guys standing in the alley shooting shit. You've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chicago Back in the Day, a podcast about memories of Chicago back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. We're talking about Chicago tradition, sports, music, food, etc. My, my name is Pete. I grew up on the northwest side of Chicago in Hermosa Park, and I'm joined with Walter, who grew up in Bucktown, has been featured in a bunch of articles and features on Chicago. On Chicago. And joining us now, special co-host Jimmy G. He grew up in Jefferson Park. You might hear a few Dems, those two or three times, and a few F-bombs, just like we're standing around in the alley chatting. You've been warned. Walter, introduce yourself and give a little more background that I left out. Well, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Grew up at St. Hedwig's in Bucktown before the yuppie explosion tore apart the neighborhood. Uh, went to Lane Tech, uh, played sports, and snuck uh, little drinks here and there uh, with the changing of the weather. Uh, from there, I went to Triton, I went to Eastern Illinois, played football on a scholarship with Sean Payton and uh, John Yurkovic, ended up in the bar business afterwards, uh, worked my way through college in the bar business, later into education, and that's pretty much where I am now. You're edumacated. Edumacated, well, my third grade education, right. That's right. All right. Jimmy G., Give us a little background. You're you're representing uh, the real Northwest Side, Jefferson Park area, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Born and raised here in Chicago on the Northwest Side, over around Lawrence and Elston. Um, public uh, school guy went to grammar school over at Palmer's John Palmer School, and then from there went on to Weber High School. And um, oh, yeah, graduated there in '86. And then I uh, went to college over at Triton for two years and then uh, went to Northeastern Illinois. And after four years, found out college wasn't for me and then uh, jumped on uh, with AT&T and uh, been there ever since. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. All right. Sounds like a Mark, sound like you sound like a friend of Mark Buck or Eddie Eisman. Oh, Weber wow. High School. What year did they graduate? Oh, they graduated, I think, in 83, 84. God, the name sounds familiar. My brother graduated 84. I graduated 86. Yeah, so you know all those guys, Coach K, school, Father Rogue. Oh, oh yeah. And we yeah. played some basketball tournaments in the grade school over there. Okay. Yeah, it's a shame now that that school's closed down. Best memory is M&R Rush at Weber High School on one of the band nights. That was pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, Weber, Weber ran the best summer school around, man. I'll tell you what. I love Spanish all three times. Can't believe I didn't pick it up uh, better than I did living where I did. All right, going down, going down the list here. Let's see. Oh, shit. If you got any ideas for any sh uh, topics for the show, listener audience of 12 or 13, Please uh, send an email to Walter at backintheday.blog, Pete at backintheday.blog, and Jimmy at backintheday.blog. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and so forth. It's been a while since we've been at the bars, everybody, but uh, I think we need a refresher. Today's topics, bars, taverns, clubs, back in the day. 
before we get to 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 the topic, let's get some shout outs. How about the city water guys, huh? Is that who who would uh is the sanitation and the city water guy? Sanitation would plow and then the water guys would fix all the busted mains from the cold, right, guys? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Sanitation, not sanitarium. Sanitarium. <laughs> Yeah, my dad and my brother were both streets and sand guys. My dad drove a garbage truck as well as my brother. So, oh, yeah. Those are the guys. They're the heartbeat. They let you know what's going on in the city. All right, topic bars, taverns, clubs. I'm just going to throw a few places out there. Back in the day, I mean, if you didn't have any money, it's either you worked in uh, the Buteras. You, you shoveled snow. There's no snow. You, you know, you grab a rake. Or if you're a big guy, you would, you know, go go knocking on doors. I remember uh, junior year at Lane Tech. I think it was junior, sophomore, junior. I had a couple bucks on me. And I think I can't remember what the buzz was back in the day. We had transfers back then, I think. And then Walter and Jimmy, you can. Help I remember me. the super transfers on a Sunday, man. You can go all over the city for 95 cents. Yeah, you could. Well, what bars are you going to go to on a Sunday unless it's industry night, right? That's right. But uh, I think I found myself somewhere around Irving and Pulaski. I walked in some club called PJ's. Uh, it's not there anymore, thank God. But, I mean, if you want to see Miami Vice in the 80s in Chicago, that was the place to go. I walked in there and I said, Hey man, um, of course I'm 21. I'm looking to, to bounce. I think that was the first place that I got into, got out of there. I hopped a, a bus and I found, I found my way to the VU on Lincoln. Dave Gemelo, you guys, uh, Walter, you remember, uh, Dave? Yeah. I remember the VU. I remember the turtle races they used to have over there. The, the turtle races. I walked in there and uh, I said, I need a job. I just left my other jo job at uh, PJ's. It was a disco. That's what it was, a disco. Dave said, okay, here's a beer while you fill out the application. I'm like, wait, they give you a beer and you're filling out the application? I went that down. Was to, that, that was the hook. The, that was the hook. I went down with my $2. Well, it was probably a buck left. And I hit every bar I could find ask, asking for work. Uh, let's see. Back in the day, let's see, wound up from there to Cubby Bear. Uh, the, the, the owner uh, played ball at Southern and gave, gave me a job. Miss, Mr. Lucas, thank you, George, for doing that. Worked there during the days, and they didn't have, uh, Wrigley didn't have lights back then. So you had to find work at night. And of course, you would either do the VU or you would hit Rush Street. Rush Street was pretty, pretty uh, uh, state and division, all those bars there. That was the hot scene. Mothers, oh my God, wearing that white coat with the red heart on the back. I'm going to put a picture of that up on the blog when we get this thing going, guys. Holy cow. That, that, was, the, that was the magnet, that sweet jacket. Walter, where'd you work over? You were at uh, Shenanigans? Yeah, I started, I'm pretty much like you, Pete. We both went to high school together at Lane, and uh, 
both went to uh, colleges and played in actually the same conference against each other. You were at Southern Oz at Eastern. Both of us bounced into the Barbas just right afterwards. I, uh, but prior to that, I was I went to junior college and I ended up working uh, when I was eighteen. <laughs> yeah. uh, at, uh, at bootleggers vision. Now, if you want to hear about stories, yeah. the, the tremendous amount of stories that went on down there. I mean, the people that were down there, it was like a carnival. It was like a, uh, it was like a new Orleans in Chicago. It was a freak show. It was the Michael Jackson uh, time in life. And it was every, everybody who wanted to be around somebody was on, on, on division street over there. And uh, from from when I went up from there, I went to college, came back. I ended up at Smiler Coogan's on the northwest side. That's right by Jimmy's uh, Weber High School over there. And mm. I was uh, I bounced in and out of there while I was going to college. I ended up as a manager after college. Then from there, I went to Sluggers, right down the block from Pete over there, and uh, I had bartender for a few years. Um, worked other bars as well, uh, just to get some extra money in. I worked at a place called Gaffers, which was on Broadway. Um, oh yeah, and uh, that was uh, you know I was I, I worked in almost I worked at Teasers for a while I I was in the uh, bars that had the quarter beer nights I worked those quite a bit I mean you can probably from Tuesday through the the whole week I mean you you could plot a quarter beer night in every part of the week if you didn't have a little change you know so yeah I the whole I worked at Memories a couple times that was on over there on uh, Montrose and Cicero. Then oh, I worked. Yeah. Then after that, yeah. I, I worked uh, some bar after I left Sluggers in uh, Roscoe Village. It was called uh, Damon Avenue, which I think now is Riverview, and that was about it for me. Then I did some banquet bartending. So there's like a whirlwind of the northwest side of bars. Jimmy, you know anything about teasers? Oh yeah, a little too much to, uh, that I'd like to admit, but uh, that was our bar that we used to go to after. Uh, our bar was Tommy's on Higgins that we all hung out at. And then of course we'd all walk over there. Cause we thought we were dancers then at like three o'clock in the morning. And we dancing at fishbowl almost every Friday and Saturday night. Fishbowl. Oh my God. Yeah. They took that floor down, but that was the highlight of the place. Girls on a, on a two foot high platform dancing by the windows that drew the people in. Now, Jimmy, you had all the coppers and firemen, all, all the city work. That's as far as you could get to still uh, be living in the city and be eligible, right? Yep, that's about the furthest northwest you can go, being in the city. Tell me that so wasn't we, a safe neighborhood. Oh, back in the day, it was it was safe. Not you know, it's changing a little bit, but it still held its own. It's still it's still good. It's still a good neighborhood. Really good neighborhood. Yeah, that so neighborhood definitely. Keeps all the assholes out of there. They people report seeing them, and they they'll call call your neighbor out if they think you're a jerk. That's good. I like it. <laughs> Self policing, love it. So teasers. What else is over there, Jimmy? Give me some other hot spots back in the day. Well, back when we, my guys, when we all drank and hung out, we we were corner bar guys. We weren't. I mean, we made our trips downtown and stuff like that, but we can only afford to go down there about six times a year. Because if one of us or all of us would go end up in jail every time we went downtown. So we decided that we'd just stick at the corner bars around our neighborhood. And um, we roamed uh, from Elkies over at Elston and Keeler. You know, we hung out there quite a bit. Um, then we would be at Elmont's. Uh, Tiebreakers uh, was over at Lawrence and Elston. Um, 
and then the late night bars we'd go to were obviously uh, teasers and uh, sidekicks. And Lasco's on Milwaukee Avenue. Hey, Jimmy, Sunday? you guys ever hit up sidelines over there on Northwest Highway or wherever it's at there? What on, bar? Uh, Forest Preserve. Yeah, Forest Preserve by Oak Park. What was the name of that? Sidelines. I think it's called oh Scores God. now. Yes, it's called Scores now. Let me tell you a story about that sidelines. We used to hang out there every weekend. This guy, uh, Billy Wolf, owned that bar sidelines. We were there every week. He was on almost every picture on the wall, I remember. Absolutely. He liked himself a lot, didn't he? It was a fun bar, though. Cheap bar, fun bar. It was a lot of fun until we got kicked out of there. We all had uh, restraining orders against us. We couldn't go within 365 feet of the bar. Yeah, I guess that's gonna that's not gonna make it good. Yeah, there's always they're always a crowd there. I think it, it, no, I I usually notice when the girls didn't start getting in the bar, the guys started uh, power drinking, and then uh, then uh, things started to light up over there. Yeah, I, I don't even recall a time going in there where there wasn't a fight in that bar. I mean, it was it was good back back in the day when it first came out. It was the place to go, no doubt about it. I what remember watching the Hawks. Hawks games used to be on over there. That was oh, a big yeah, draw. Right. I had to watch the Hawks. What about, uh, oh, man, what was Butler's? Uh, Butler and uh, oh, Van Butler Horn. And, Butler and Dan Hampton, they owned, uh, we used to go there all the time, too. The bar was called uh, the Traffic Jam. Traffic Jam, yeah. Right down the street from the butcher shop. Yes, it was. What's that called now? Oh, man. Big jams. I, I know Sybins was there for a while, but I think that's closed. Sybins no, was that, right that, around. That, that big old castle-looking place. Uh, and downtown, a division. Um, Caliber are you talking about? Excalibur. Oh, Excalibur. That's right. That's yeah, that I'm was a melting about. pot of uh, drunks of Chicagoland there. You'd see, you'd just see about anybody there. But that was kind of an expensive. That was kind of an expensive joint for me. I don't know. I I used to like to drink him. I think prohibition was starting the next day, so ten beers for me over there it cost me sixty eighty dollars. So I used to stay away from there. Well, that's kind of what I was going to get to on Sunday nights, man. Industry night. I remember Rush Street and Wrigleyville. Where, what, what were the yeah, yeah. industry places? Uh, I, I, I have to say the be best time I've ever had was the uh, bar wars at the Snuggery on Division. I mean, you, if you're going to college you're, you're, and you're, you're bouncing from like uh, menial jobs and you go to the beach on Oak Street on Sunday afternoon and then yeah. go home to a little nap and then next thing you know, bar wars, Sunday night, Division Avenue. That was hopping. Used to see all the Hawks over there after the games. Oh, what a great time that was. Talk about dancing. They used to have a second floor up there. Uh, I think it was all you can drink and eat for a couple hours. Oh man, it would, that that's where we, especially at the end of a ten-game homestand. Oh my god, they didn't have lights back then, so you'd work the days in Wrigley, then you go downtown to work. And a ten-game homestand, I mean, sometimes you'd be taking a, a shower in a lake, right? That's pretty close to that's pretty close to it. Take take a nap on the rocks and get back at it, and then close it out with a nice Sunday night. A good $4 will, will, will get you going for a few hours, get your roush on. That, that um, was that. 
how about you remember Lachette's on Irving Park? That was a, a hot German place. Uh, you would you would find all the on. That, that was the place to go. Hopefully, I'm not busted, getting them busted now because I think you know the 13 people listening to us might rat them out. That's where all the underagers would go back in the day. Does that ring a bell? I don't know much about Lachette's. I know I did a little teaching at St. Ben's down the street there. And uh, the kids who graduate from Ben's who go on to college end up working there. Uh, yeah. They're known for, known for these really strong German beers. I know that. I, if I drink those, I'm talking to God after a couple of them. And they have, they're supposed to have these real giant pretzels there, too. So I've been meaning to go there just for that. They got good schnitzel, Walter. Good schnitzel. Yeah, I've had a, yeah. Got yeah, Edelweiss right by me here, where I'm at. So, gotta and, watch uh, my. Hey, you guys remember Wild Hair? Wild Hair, yes. Right that across was... from uh, Sluggers. Uh, you want to home of the old... home of the Jamaican Mafia, the Jamaican Posse Mafia. Great, well, that's funny. I was I was bartending at Sluggers one time on a Saturday night, and uh, my roommate was standing in front of me, and we're. We've seen a couple guys running in the streets shooting at each other outside. Well, my roommate didn't see it, and we're yelling at him, get down, get down, and he starts dancing. We go, no, you idiot, they're shooting outside. <laughs> get down. That's a true story. Shoot. And the guy is now, he's a lieutenant for the police department living up in Edison Park, three kids, wife's a Chicago public teacher, public school teacher. Oh, but what a story that was. And we're telling him, he's looking at it, and he starts dancing. Yeah, and he dances like a scarecrow, so that even made it better. But everyone else is diving for the floor, and here he is, boogie fever. Well, <laughs> Jimmy, what'd you got? We we cut you off. And I was saying, Walter, you live up over by you said to by Edelweiss. Yeah, I, I live off of uh, by Hiawatha right now. Okay, I'm over at uh, Irving and Cumberland. Right there, right in the neighborhood. Yeah, it gets a little sketchy up around here now. I mean, things are, are changing a little bit up around here. Yeah, they are. But it's still, I'm over in that little pocket over here. Um, they, they right by Bobo's. Yeah, right down the street. I'm about a quarter block from Bobo's. Oh, yeah, they got the tamales there. They got the bunch of tamales. You can't find them in Chicago at a lot of places anymore. No, I lived at uh, the bar that right down the street from me is uh, at the corner. is uh, the giraffe. It's called the giraffe now. Yeah, that looks like a, 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 a people our age, I think, in the 40s, 50s, right, hang out there. Is there is there a younger crowd in that place? or? Yeah, one or two nights a week it gets a younger crowd, but for the most part it's uh, our age, up, you know, mid-40s to you know, 50s, uh, the usual crowd in there now. Do they serve food there? I was always wondering about that. And no, no no food. Okay. I know there's, a, there's a Polish place uh, first time around right down the street over there, too. Yep, uh, banned out. You, you, of, banned, we're we're banned out of there already too. Well, I think they, we'll they got. We'll edit that out in post. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are talking about food, and we're talking about bars. How how come nobody's brought up those little uh, bar ovens, those little individual pizzas when you, they came out and they just burned every bit of the top part of your mouth off? Ring a bell. Oh, oh I remember. Local option used to have a good pizza oven. Now the years have changed over there, but you know, a friend of mine, Alden, used to bartend. We'd pop in and see him. He used to be a bartender in many places. He used to work Hawkeyes, bootleggers. 
Uh, but he'd work there on a Thursday night. We'd pop in, get one of those little tombstone pizzas. Oh, the best, especially when it's burnt on the edges. Yeah, like your roof of your mouth, man. Oh, and you're trying and you're trying to out eat your buddy. That's the hard part. So you're burning your mouth trying to eat pizza. <laughs> who's getting that last slice? Who's gonna get? Who's gonna get the most? There's no Vivian back then. It was all every man for himself. Get as much as you can. All right, question for both of you guys. Jimmy, I don't know if this was a Northwest Side thing. I know I, I got exposed to this at the Nisei in uh, Wrigley. Uh, Malort. Where the hell did Malort come from? What is Malort, guys? It's the nastiest stuff you could possibly drink. That's <laughs> that's the stuff when, when our buddies were uh, whacked out of their mind at the end of the night. And we were doing shots of Jack Daniels or whatever, or Jägermeister, Jäger bombs. We would slide over a shot of Malort to put to put them over the edge all the time. <laughs> that that has to for me that has to be categories in, in, in right next to Southern Comfort on booze that I stopped drinking many years ago. But when I did bartend, if someone would come up for ask for a free drink, they they either got that or they got a uh, uh, a Zamboni. So they weren't going to ask for another shot after that. Yeah, you know, those guys that want that free drink, this costs a little, about a little bit of money, but it was worth it. Bacardi 151 with a cinnamon schnapps topper. You go, here you go, pal. <laughs> you didn't see Ooh. the rest of it. You didn't see the rest of it. I think, that, right. I think the Zamboni was, is that, actually, I seen a guy get it one time. And it was the uh, Zamboni was all the bar towels into a shot glass and topped off a Rumpelman. <laughs> I seen that. The first time I seen that made was at the Bitter End. And they had some tough bartenders at the Bitter End. I used to watch them put gum on the bottom of their ashtrays. Because, you know, Chicago's a place I don't know anymore. I don't drink anymore. But uh, people would leave their money on the bar. So what are the bartenders over there doing? Putting gum on the bottom of the ashtray and taking the gum away. I mean, taking the money away. I've seen the same thing going on at uh, the old money swipe at um, Riptide's, Marie's Riptide. Uh, the women over there were taking bar towels and shoveling money on the floor. That was always one thing you had to watch out for in these late night places. It was the bar towels, and it would be that uh, that rack that you would have on the rail that would catch all the. You ever dump one of those out? You know what I'm talking uh, about? No, I never did, did that. But, you know, you always had to keep your eye on stuff late night. Uh, it, I think you always had to keep your eye on bars. You didn't know the bartender or the bar, I think. I don't, yeah. I don't know, Jimmy, how, how were your guys? Did you guys, were you guys money on the bar guys too? Oh, money on the bar all the time. I mean, we uh, all the bars that we drank at, it, it, your money was up on the bar. It was being watched by three or four of the bartenders all the time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's just some places. Uh, there was a place up here on Harlem Avenue. I was going to the brewery. I think I haven't been there in about 10 years now. Uh, that place, you had to watch your money, too. Yeah, I mean, some of these bars go in sequence. You know, you have your retired guys and guys getting off city jobs. Then you got your married guys, and then you start working your way into the single guys. And uh, once the transi transition between the married guys and the single guys happen at the bar, money starts disappearing. <laughs> I don't know how much money you guys had to leave on the bar back in the day. That wasn't that wasn't a big big issue for me. How about what were some of the popular places? Uh, 
Okay, the, the two o'clocks would shut down, then you go to your four o'clock. So you'd have the VU, you'd have the store. Where else, guys? Uh, late night, uh, four o'clock bars. But yeah. For us, it was uh, it was Lasco's and uh, Sidekicks. Sidekicks, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Beaumont's. Side- I remember going down to Beaumont's down on Halstead. Oh, yeah. Uh, Smiley Coogan's was a four and a five, so I remember working there, and then sometimes when I wasn't working, going there. Teaser's was a four and a five. Obviously, most of the bars on Division Avenue. And then when you, when you left those bars, you can go to stay out in, in what, Cicero? Cicero. Yeah. And stay out there until eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, you, you, you're way ahead of me. There was two places. In Cicero, the fire alarm. And I swear, those bouncers, I, I thought we were big. Oh, my God. They, we were 6'6". Six, six, they were 6'6 six, six sideways. It was, it was hysterical. Uh, but yeah, that was, about, a, that was a touch and go to go out there. Yeah, it's easy to get there, hard to come back. Uh, out, there was another one. Um, stay outs and was it Bobo's? Oh my God! <laughs> I've been to Bobo's. I like they've been going there. I know they had a Bozo's on Cicero Avenue. A bunch of clowns there. <laughs> what about what about Mike's Cop Bar? I think I saw something where it finally shut down. I call it the uh, five thirty a.m. bar. Does that ring a bell, Walter? Yeah, that's the one that was right across the street from uh, Belmont Western, right? Yeah. I oh, remember wait, another no, one. No, 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 no. This is uh, about on Webster Avenue. Yeah, that r- right oh. there. That was a, that was a that was a, what are they? That was a you had a knock to get in. Exactly. So <laughs> knocking a buzz. <laughs> there was no busting down doors there. The cops had no knock warrants there. You had to, you had to wait for the buzz. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of coming out of there. And then, Never uh, been. This- this, this could be a little bit off ta- topic, guys, because this could be a whole other podcast, but we're talking about bars. Talking about bars and softball, right? Who sponsored your league and whatnot? Do you guys uh, play softball back in the day, Jimmy? That's all we did. I just actually gave it up at uh, 45 years old. Played it for about uh, 25, 28 years. And yeah, wow. sponsors uh, for us were the big sponsors for us were uh, Elkies, um, Tiebreakers, and uh, Tommy's on Higgins was our our big sponsor. They, 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 the problem with that was back when they sponsored us, they were they were giving us two thousand. They pay our entry fee for our league out in Mount Prospect, mm-hmm. and uh, the owner uh, of Tommy's he wanted his uh, four on uh, four to one of his money back. And he got that every year from us, no problem. Drink up. Yeah, that was always – you know, I didn't play in a lot of leagues. I'd maybe hear sparingly here and there. I umped a little bit. But, yeah, but working in the bars, that was always a rough thing with the sponsorship, you know. You would uh, sponsor some of the teams and they'd never show up in the bar. But then every year they'd pop in looking for their sponsorship money. I remember at Smilers, we had to keep an open, a tab running just on the one team. Yeah, we got sponsored out of uh, Tommy's, and um, go figure. Tommy sold the bar to another guy named Tommy, and when new, new owner Tommy yeah. took over, he, um, I went in there for a meeting with him to get our sponsorship, and I asked him, I go, hey, listen, I go, I'm looking for a little more money this year. I'm looking for twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars, and he said, Jim, all my park district leagues here. He goes, I give every team, you know, six seven hundred dollars. That was the entry fee. I go, 
well, we're playing out Mount Prospect. We need a little bit more money. Our entry fees are around 2,500. So he goes, I can't do that. And I go, well, then we're not going to be in here ever again. So the manager at the time, Glenn, goes, let me talk to him. He went and talked to him and says, you don't understand. These guys drink. And he goes, when I say drink, they drink. So I went back with a meeting with him and he says, no problem. He goes, you want to check today? I said, yeah. Well, after uh, three weeks, he got his um, he got his money back and then some. And by the end of the year, I think they did a tab on us. I think we drank around ten thousand or eleven thousand dollars. So he just told me, "You got a sponsorship anytime you want from me." Beautiful. That's a good relationship right there. It's a win-win. Now, did uh, Chicago Social Club screw all that up, or did you still got the sponsorships? Well, they don't. It sponsor. seems to me. They, they still sponsor, no doubt about it, but nowhere near what they did back 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Is that uh, Chicago? What was that called? Chicago Sports and Social Club. Is that still around, Walter? You know, I haven't seen any advertising for it lately, but then again, like I said, I haven't been hitting the bars for you many years. Um, yeah, I, I could see when they came in, they really changed the landscape of what was going on as far as sponsoring bars. Uh, they would... They would go to one bar, would sponsor the whole league. Uh, cer certain bars were getting left out. Uh, yeah. They still had their little niche, but and those drinkers weren't really drinkers. I mean, those are the type of people who walk in with their own coffees and bottles of water, right. and they want to put their own food in to eat and things like that. So it was a it was a really rough relationship with them. Well, a lot of the you no, know, you're right about that, Walter. A lot of the guys I mean, we work with. I, I, I got a good feeling like guys you hung out with, they're similar to the guys I were. You know, they would, you know, they would drink to the uh, pissed in their pants, you know. But as long as you had a good time at the bar, you had a little laughs, and you were appreciated, you were fine. But it just seemed like so many people today with these sponsorships, they're walking in. They're really uh, lone wolves. They're not from the same neighborhood. They're from different yeah. parts of uh, the, the country, different parts of the state, suburbs, and they don't come from the same neighborhoods and they're different type of thinking. Yeah, that's a trade. I mean, back when, when we were sponsored, uh, it was an unwritten rule. When, when you went to the bar after sponsorship, you stayed there from when you got there, when your game was over until the bar closed, it was just an unwritten rule. You, you stayed. Once you came there, you couldn't leave. See, I remember a couple teams that I would go out and watch them. I can't remember what their names were, but the guys who was the, who was the team manager would say to everybody, hey, you're going to the bar tonight. You're going to the bar tonight. And I thought that was important because a lot of guys, like, you know, it's, it's rough. A lot of guys were working city jobs, too. They get off. They're tired from working all day and, and then, you know, drinking. They, they really didn't eat between jobs and going to play, but now they're going to the bar. So thanks for a long day. You know, and then back in the day, we don't think about this now, but when satellites came around, I mean, in the NFL and the games, I think you were at Sluggers back then. There would always be a fight to say, hey, man, could you find the game? Because after you would work till work and go out till 5, 6 in the morning, you'd get back in the bars to open it up at 10, and you had those huge-ass satellite dishes that you had to make sure – that they were pointed the right way, and you prayed to God the DJ would wake up and show up to find the games to get the football going. Because remember, sports bars, I mean, it was just uh, an old crummy color TV on top of the telephone booth back in the day. What do you remember, Butch, Walter? 
Yeah, really progressed out of there. I'm, I mean, sluggers. You know, they had the big screens. I mean, these screens that when you would take them down during the day, you would scrub them off to get all these cigarette smoke off of them. They yeah. and, and I talked to the kids uh, who's running the place, who's the son of the owner who I work for. Um, they still have the screens up because they say they they they, they last longer than the regular TVs. Uh, I remember calling different bars, calling teasers, calling. Uh, downtown calling cubby beer calling fireside all of us yeah. were trying to find out where's the game on the telstar network and everybody <laughs> would call each other trying to get the games i thought that was kind of cool we'd call eb deppins that was a really co cool place jimmy i probably bet you went to that place oh we hung over out there quite a bit as well yeah sister all in uh addison i think right over there. yep oh, yeah right man. by the big stair was right over there and not too far away from there, you had the bubble bar or whatever it was called. Yeah, that was a big thing with the satellite. I mean, it, great. To, uh, Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes was one, and Teasers was another one. Johnny Conrad, when he worked over there, um, he works for Cook County Sheriff now. Uh, great times to watch. You see nothing but people with Blackhawk jerseys and Levi's on. That's what I remember. Now, if you didn't have money, to go to the bars and whatnot, or you couldn't get in, you're too young. What about uh, the lake? You guys ever go to the lake? I, I, is that a, was that was that on Lincoln Avenue? <laughs> uh, no, that was Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh, okay. Party on the rocks. Oh yeah, the, oh, sure, by the sure. lake. Yeah, sure. Sure. Cops came up to me, uh, me and two of our buddies one time, and we had a cooler uh, of beer. Cops says, "Hey, you guys having a good time?" We says, looked at each other. We said, yeah, sure. He goes, good, you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go to jail. He ended up taking the beer. That was a big thing for cops, I understood, back in the day. It was hitting up the young kids with the beer, filled up their uh, trunks, and they gave away the beer to each other for they can have them for the weekend. Jimmy, what would you guys do out there? You go in the forest preserves, or where would you guys party if you couldn't get in the clubs? Yeah, we actually, when we were in – when we were in high school, uh, we used to drink. Actually, it's, it's just ironic that I bought the house over here. I'm over at the, uh, Irving in Pittsburgh. There's a thicket of woods right there. We used to call it the spot. And um, in high school, we would just bring our coolers of beer there and during the day, tuck it into the woods there. And at nighttime, we would just light fires in there and just hang out there. That's a great spot right over there, right by the Butera right there. That's right. That's yeah, you got a lot of people playing uh, football over there, softball, soccer. That those fields are always active. Yep, then we would just light bonfires and just just drink all night until the cops actually came into the woods and told us it's time to go home tonight, boys. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Good old Belmont and Western. It's no longer Belmont and Western now. That was the twenty third, wasn't it, Walter? Now that's over by uh, Wrigley, yep. the old twenty third. Yeah, Belmont Western. That was something over there. They, a whole different area around there right now. Since they tore down that bridge, it looks like it, it almost looks like Archer Avenue the way it's all spread out over there right now. It, it just opened up like a light of day was spread over there. Well, the reason I bring it up because back in the day, I mean, I don't know where you find fifty bucks, but you always keep it in your sock or in your shoe just in case somebody had the bond money to you know to get you out. Yeah, bond money. Either that you had to know or have a police car. We'll do it for one free favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. What other places do we forget here? 
uh, Jim, uh, Dave Gemelo, besides the VU, he had a uh, great music place, Green Mill. I think he still has that. He sold the VU. Shout out to him. He was always a, he always helped out the college kids and, you know, getting, getting work. Uh, I think Mike and Dean worked over there. Nickerson and uh, Fulmang. I'll, I'll tag them on and see if they got anything to say. Uh, how about this place? The Moulin Rouge. Did that ring a bell to anybody? Filipino bar uh, that I worked at paid great money. Uh, I was definitely the tallest guy in the place. Never had any. That was the easiest gig ever. Uh, Moulin Rouge. Ring a bell, Walter? No. Where was that located at? Maybe I can get a better memory if I could see. I think you got to scout that one out. I think that was over by Jimmy's neck in the woods. I don't think Jimmy went in there too many times. I would he would have stuck out. No, that doesn't ring a bell at all. <laughs> I know at one uh, time, me and a buddy of ours, we looked at one of these bar books you call it, listed all the bars in, and this is going back 15, 20 years ago, and that had to be about 300 bars in there. Him and I, I think I hit about 125. He had about. Uh, uh, close to 275 about hitting all the bars in the Chicago. So, wasn't a bar we wouldn't want to want, want to try. Stayed away from certain bars, of course, but always wanted to see should, what a bar was offering, how it was. We should get that guy on this on this thing. You know, go back to Wrigley back in the day when the, they didn't have lights at Wrigley. They had uh, punk bands at, at Cubby Bear. I don't know if you guys remember that. Because we were in high school, uh, me and my buddy Mike would have to watch the stage divers because when they would hop on, you had to throw them back off. And back then, they would spit on you. That was a thing for the punk rockers, a, you know, sign of respect. They would spit on the band. I don't know why. Uh, but then uh, they would – oh, that was great. They, don't worry about COVID. Uh, <laughs> and they would, <laughs> they would chant, kill the bouncers, kill the bouncers. That was a hard five bucks per hour cash. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, oh, Yahtzees. How about Kenny? What was Kenny's last name, Walter? Miller. Miller, that's crook, right. Kenny the Crook Miller. Yankee Zulu, Kenny Miller. <laughs> well, that guy, he hit it right with the wings at that time. What a nice oh, hit for man. him. Well, he started what? Diversity, and then he got over to Wrigley, right? Yeah, and then he had another place on Lincoln Avenue for a while. I think it was it closed down after about a year or so. He bought that bar because some other guy who worked at the Crooked Plow, which was next to Yahtzee's on, on Clark, got closed down, and this guy Ray lost his job there, and he told Ray he'd open up another bar and he'd manage it. Well, Ray managed the bar, but not for too long, maybe about a year, year and a half, and they sold that place. I'd ride across the street over there from um, the Polina Street Market. That's where the third Yahtzee's was. Oh, they had another one in Florida. They had a Yahtzee's in Florida. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, all of them are closed now except for the one on Clark Street. The, 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 matter of fact, the one on Diversity, I think uh, a big, a big-ass condo building got built next to it. So it looks like one of those big high rises with a little building next to it that you hardly get in. So it's really it's, uh, wrenched in there. That was another four and a five o'clock place. I used to talk to a guy named Jimmy and Jimmy used to bartender and 
He told me nothing would no, happen no, there. No relation. No relation, Jimmy. Relation, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to see. I can't remember Jimmy's last name, so I won't say it. But um, he um, he says nothing would come into the bar until like two o'clock. They'd be there for seven o'clock, whatever. And the next thing you know, everyone else's garbage came over there, landed up at Yancey's on diversity. Some of the bar workers that worked at Wrigley, I mean, they've they've gone on to do uh, some interesting things, you know, obviously besides ourselves, guys. But uh, uh, let's see, over at Murphy's, uh, Jim Tracy, he's uh, what, president of the Firefighters uh, Union? Or running yeah. for it? Sure is. He was the yeah, he, he was a manager like, looks like Murphy. A Looks, looks like, like he, he has good representation of his, his, his fellow firemen. And so he, he, let's see, he was manager at Murphy's. Now he's president of Chicago Firefighters Union. Uh, let's see, Ed, Ed Worm, High Tops. I don't think High Tops is there anymore. Uh, Starbucks, I think. Yeah, it is. Oh, really? No, it's uh, down the... It's down the street more. It was on Sheffield. Um, he, he's he got, what, Joe's Live now, and he's got uh, Joe's on Weed Street. And then uh, Greg Haran, he worked at uh, Company and Sports Corner. He's now uh, one of the owners at uh, Gibson's. Ain't that right, Walter? Don't know about that. Okay, but, yeah. you know, that would be a nice hit. Some of those guys really transitioned well to other places. I think High Tops, when they moved out of uh, Wrigleyville, they had a place on Lincoln Avenue for a while. I could be wrong. But I remember them opening up a little place there, but I don't know if that's still open. Like I said, I haven't really hit the bar scene in many years. I turned into an old guy. I turned into a newspaper-reading Slim Jim Bud Light guy towards my later years of drinking. So didn't go out much. My, my, my cutoff time was 9, 30, 10 o'clock in bars. Well, that's why we're here, you know, sitting over by the garbage cans in the alley talking about these things, guys, back in the day. Jimmy, what did we leave out from your neighborhood? We, we good? Uh, we, from we, the neighborhood? Um, well, then we ventured up to like the Edison Park area a lot as well and hung out at EPI's, um, Moretti's, and uh, the Emerald Isle. Oh, Dennis at EPI's. What's that? Remember Dennis being the owner of EPIs up there already. He was the owner's nephew or something like that. Yeah, it was a nephew, Dennis uh, Gart, uh, Dennis Gankarts. Yeah, he still Always works there. Matter of fact, if Jimmy, you're talking you about think? neighborhoods, I remember when I lived in Bucktown, we had a place. That, you know, you talk about pub crawls. You could have done a pub crawl just on Leverage Street alone, from the highway to a block south of Armitage in Bucktown alone. You, you had eight, nine bars. You, you would start off at Mickey's Tavern, which was recently closed a few years ago. Rich's first one today, which was many names. Bucktown Tavern on, 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 on Webster. Then you'd go a little bit lower. You had uh, Tony Faco's bar, and um, he had like a banquet area. Then you go another block. You had one on Charleston. You had Griselle Juniors. I think they're selling their building right now. And then you go another block past Armitage. You'd have Paredes, which was owned by the brother of a, a couple of priests from St. Hyacinth uh, and St. Hedwig's. So you could do your pub crawl right there. Start off on one side of the street and come all the way back home. Well, that was like our churches, right? That old style sign. 
What's the old saying? Yeah, I mean, you can tell what type of people were at different bars. The old style sign was like a welcome sign. And then you had to be, you know, if you've seen an upside down old style sign, you knew it was a different type of bar. Not that it's wrong. It's right. The upside down one, that's right. Jimmy, Jimmy had a good time at some of those. Uh, what else? Let's see. Jimmy, did you ever take the train, the Metrin, uh from the northwest side? You were so far out there. Did you... No, never, never. Yeah, no, it was. It, it, we never took the train. But it, it was possible, right? Yeah, it was possible. You didn't sketch on one of those ever. Oh, we sketched all the time. <laughs> Talking about skitching, and we got so good at it. You know, after uh, after years of uh, running your knees over to sewer covers and stuff, we used to get the catcher's knee pads and wear them when we skitch. I like it. That, that takes it to an advanced level. <laughs> All right, that's last week's podcast. For those of you who want to learn about skitching, uh, quick curveball on the, the clubs. Where were the hot places to go to grab something to eat if you had any money left afterwards? Where would you grab a bite? Well, the place that stands out to me is Five Faces on Division Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Recently just torn down. Luke torn down, yeah. would give you the $5 bag or the $10 bag. You'd walk up to Luke after a night of drinking Moosehead or what was another Canadian? Because Canadian beers were big back in the 80s. Uh, Molson Golden. Olsen, yeah, Golden, Labatt's Labatt. yeah. yeah, Blue and Labatt's Ultra or Black or something like that. There's a real powerful one. Even the, even the toughest beer drinker guys would have a couple of these uh, monster Labatt's and they'd be talking to God after a few. Uh, you go to Luke's, you say, Luke, give me a 5 or a $10 bag, and he would just shovel a whole bunch of greasy food in your bag for you. Now, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a good deal. What about, was Wiener Circle around back day, back then? I think it was. I don't remember going there much. I, I get enough abuse. I don't, I don't need more. <laughs> but I don't think they had that shtick back then, oh. did they? We would kick their ass. <laughs> Give me my food. Don't insult me. <laughs> That's right. I don't need to be uh, insulted. I, I can get that at home. Jimmy, what about you? Where would you guys go afterwards? A bar to eat? Anywhere. I mean, we, we were would broke always back end, then. We we would always end up um, after the bars closed down. We would always end up at Susie's. Susie's beef. So you grab a beef. Oh yeah, the lady with the Harry Carey glasses on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never never put those fries on your seat because you'll never get the grease out. But man, no, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. right so that, that was all the booze. No doubt about that. If I had the like, money, I, it, what I remember is, I think it was for 99 cents. I don't need full man to come on, but we would pitch in 50 cents each and we'd buy this dollar bag of orange air, of orange puffs, and we would split that. You guys know what I'm talking about at 7-Eleven? No. That's a, I, I, that's a I, I was more of a roller too. dog guy if I was going to get something from them late night. And then Most of the times we'd be walking home from bars. My buddy used to get bur the burritos just to put on his ears to keep them warm. <laughs> now, late night, Walter, and I don't know if Jimmy knows about this, but what about Crazy Mary, Mailbox Mary? 
Oh, she was a hit on Division oh, Avenue. Geez. That's so funny you brought that up, Pete. Yeah, if you didn't know Crazy oh, yeah, Harry, how funny, Jim. She was a staple. Did, did you have any drinks with her, Jimmy? Oh, many times. She was a staple down there. We used to give her five bucks and have her run up to the windows of the bar, and she used to plaster her breasts up on the, uh, on the windows <laughs> of the bars. Oh, yeah. That was... I mean, we worked the door. You'd always have to be mindful of her. I mean, there was a, we used to get a lot of different people because the area was kind of sketchy because of the, uh, uh, the neighborhood division could pull people in from, but you'd always have to worry about her snaking you or coming up from behind all on you all of a sudden. And we'd pay her to do it to other guys too. So what would we, Hey, what's a big guy, six, two, six, five going to do to a little lady like that? Hilarious. (laughs) Because she was like the female white version of Ronnie Wu, right? <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> the legend I, I mean, have he, it. He, I mean, oh, Ronnie Wu, I mean. We had to kick him out. Ronnie Ronnie was a steal to drink off the bar guy, though. You yeah. got to keep an eye on Ronnie. And uh, remember his teeth? Yeah, they, I think the loop did something. They got the teeth bought for him or something like that. Some. Well, he didn't have any, he had one tooth and he would steal everybody's beer. We'd have to throw him out. And then uh, some Dennis and Schomburg uh, fixed him up with some choppers. The but only absolute. Everybody... Yeah. The absolute funniest thing I've seen with Ronnie Woo Woo is when Steve Strauss, the owner of Sluggers, had him wearing this gorilla suit where the gorilla, it looked like the gorilla was choking him or carrying him away. That was the best, especially in 90 degree <laughs> weather. <laughs> Pete, me, uh, you and I ran. You, you and I ran into Ronnie Woo Woo after he got his new teeth. Remember, we went down there. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, we got a picture. We got to find. We got to find that picture. We'll we'll put it up on the blog. Great chop. I made it. To, I made it. To, go ahead, Pete. I'm listening. <laughs> no, he had great choppers. That's all I'm saying. It was a couple years. I ago. made it to training one time in Arizona, and. I went with a buddy where, you know, Cubs, you know, it's kind of laid back. Who do we see selling hula hoops out there to get some extra money? Ronnie Woo Woo. If I find that pick, I'll post it later. Well, I go, what is this Cretan doing out here? How did he make it out here? And, uh, you know, going back to Crazy Mary for a second, I, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you guys, but yeah. the legend has it, and this is, you know, this is, I'm not, my buddy swears to God that his story, she used to take the money, and instead of getting robbed by other bums, she used to take it at the end of the night and mail it to herself, and supposedly she put her son through medical school. Now, I don't know if that could be verified or it's the truth, but you never know. You never know. Oh, we got to invest. You think she's still around? I don't know. Oh, we're going to have to invest. A lot of times we've seen her, people said she was only 23, so she might be around. I think we could get her and Ronnie on the same cast. There's another guy down there. He used to be, he used to be a homeless guy. He used to call himself Billy Zale. Billy Zale, the old fighter. But he never was. Yeah. And a friend, one of the funniest guys, this guy, Tommy Blondell, used to bartend at uh, Bootleggers. This guy, what, what a what a tremendous he sense of humor player. he had. Yeah, he would he would always he you know well I gave Billy his uh, medicine medicine money for the day so he's he's gonna watch my bike all night his motorcycle so that's <laughs> hilarious. And then uh, what about Minnie Minoso? You know about him, Walter? 
Yeah, when uh, when Strauss bought Sluggers, he said uh, he actually bought a, a different bar on Milwaukee Avenue. It was a it was a Mexican nightclub uh, down the street from my father's hardware store by by the Eagle over there on uh, Kedzie and Milwaukee. They said when he bought the bar, he bought Mini Minoso. So when uh-huh. Strauss bought Wrigleyville, and I mean Sluggers in '84, he opened Mini Minoso was there until he died a few years ago. Nice guy, I guess. You know, I mean. He's always there to talk with people, sign autographs. I mean, if you needed him to do anything volunteer work, Minnie was there. A real special guy in the community. Good for the yeah. Cuban players, too. I mean, the White Sox are bringing in all the Cuban players right now, and it'd be nice that uh, something more would happen with Minnie. I mean, I know they retired his number, and Jerry Reinsdorf took care of him and his son Charlie and his family. But it'd be nice to see something else happen for Minnie. I thought he was a decent guy. Ninja, what about some of the old ball players coming in? Mark Grace used to have a used to like Murphy's. Uh, <laughs> poor Mark Grace, how's he doing, by the way, Walter? Well, he's it still- just said on the news that it doesn't look like he's coming back with the Cubs and the Marquee Network, and can't really say you blame the Marquee Network. Yeah. You know, they're putting they're trying to put billions and millions into the team and. No, he goes off on, uh, he went off on his ex-wife on TV. Yeah. And then he went off on some other uh, newscaster or sportscaster who was part of the uh, uh, grounds crew. And it's really, you really get no insight out of baseball out of him. All you get is drunken stories. And now don't get me wrong, I like Mark Grace as a player. I thought he was, actually, you know, singles and doubles. He was always, his OBA was always high with the Cubs and he was the guy everyone liked. But post, post-playing career, I, I don't know. I think he might have to take a step back a little bit. I mean, if you're going to beat up on women all the time and just tell drunken stories, I mean, yeah. what's that? Well, I was bringing up the ball players because I remember when we were working in Wrigley, the rookies would come in and they would always, the, the MLB rookies, they would get hazed. The night before uh, a Cubs game, they had to go down to Addison and uh, what was that? Uh, that horse. You know what I'm talking about, Walter? You got a one on Belmont the, Avenue right after you come off Lakeshore Drive? Yeah, they had to paint the balls of that horse, the team colors. Did that ring a bell? That sounds familiar to me. I remember something going on with that. So they, would, they would have to do that, and then it would come in in the bars afterwards and talk about that. Oh, we, man. We have, Go ahead, Walter. We got a, occasionally some Cubs who come in the bar. You know, but most of the time they would stay away. Uh, uh, Dave Smith, the former reliever, would come in there. Uh, you'd see some former Bears. Uh, Neil Anderson was in there a few times, Trace Armstrong. Um, you see Gene Sisko, i seen him in there for a hot dog one day. They kept a low profile. Now, then the guy that was really a little loud was Randy Myers. Randy Myers used to hang around with the Cubs marketing team and office people, and they'd go out for drinks. Well, they would come by us on quarter beer night. And, you know, Randy would want to order 500 beers at a time. And I go, Randy, I go, why don't we just give you the 16 ounce cans of thing for a dollar instead? You know, because uh, 500 beers at a time, they're all going to go warm and they're a waste of money. He goes, all right, boss, I'll do that. And so I got to know Randy a little bit. And, you know, I, I used to be a real fast drinker myself. And I, I have to say, I, I, I was a third person in the three-man contest one time. It was myself, Randy, and Jim Tracy from Murphy's. Those guys sucked down a Bud Light faster than I've ever seen anyone drinking in my life. I, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I was left holding a half a cup by these guys were done. 
incredible. Now, Jimmy, out by you, man, you didn't have the ball players. You had the uh, the coppers and the firemen uh, coming in. Any any tales uh, to tell from all that? Well, I got a, a funny story that um, you guys probably know Andrew Galata, right? The boxer. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Polish boxer. Yeah, well, we would start out our, our typical Elston Avenue pub crawl that we would do any, every weekend, every Saturday. And then all of a sudden at 7, 8 o'clock, we thought we were dancers. And we'd go up up and down Milwaukee Avenue, popping into into the Polish bars. Don't re- recall the names of them, but there was a handful of Polish bars up and down Milwaukee Avenue. Yeah, and yeah. One night we were in there and uh, we just started dancing with all the Polish women in there. And the Polish guys didn't like it. Next thing you know, there was an all-out brawl in one of the bars. So we ended up fighting. And (laughs) next thing you know, you just seen people getting thrown all over the place. Well, lo and behold, it was uh, Andrew Galata was a bouncer at this bar. And it was his friends that we were in the fight with. And my buddy that I went to high school with, Darren Treeb, he played football. He was a stud um, at Weber High School. He ended up going to Iowa State, and then he went to Purdue uh, and played Derek for three years. And this guy was as big as a human being as you can possibly be. He ends up going after Andrew Galata because Andrew Galata started throwing haymakers at everyone on the dance floor. And my buddy gets him in a full Nelson on the ground, and I, was, I knew right away who it was because I used to box. I knew right away that it was Andrew Galata and I was like screaming on top of my lungs telling Darren to not let him go. He had him in a full Nelson. And I, he goes, I'm not, you know, I'll kill this guy, Jimmy. And I go, Darren, do not let this guy's arms go. I go, just hold him. And I go, guys, we got to go now. I go on the count of three. We all need to get out of here. And I go, Darren, let him go. And we just ran out of the bar on Milwaukee Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. (laughs) Oh, man. No, you didn't have to run fast. You just had to run faster than your buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so we get the, so yeah, you're we get absolutely the, right, boy. He used to work out at the Cumberland uh, Bellies over there. Kept to himself. Park yeah, Ridge just, we got into the cars and we're leaving. And my buddy Darren goes, who was that? I go, Darren, that was Andrew Galata. He would have killed all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and he was would have been. Too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just, sometimes it's just good to just get up and go. You Live know, for other, another day. Live to drink another that, day. That's what I used to tell guys. The other guy that I used to see a lot when we were drinking down in Wrigleyville was uh, Dennis Savard after the Hawks game. He would always seem to end up at Yahtzee's. Really? Oh, yeah. I know a lot of those guys used to go to Hawkeyes on, on Taylor Street. Used to catch a few of them there. And they, I remember a funny story. is Doug Wilson tried to get in bootleggers one time. Didn't have his ID. Uh, Doug Wilson, everyone knows Doug Wilson, right? 24, uh, all-star defenseman. I think at that time he was 26, 27 years old. And the women, my buddy Bob was working the door at the time, and he wouldn't let the in. And he got back in the bar, my buddy, the the bouncer. He got booed by all the women. (laughs) I thought that was the best. Another time we're down uh, on division, this was Jim Harbaugh's rookie year with the Bears. I'm, bo- I'm bouncing at the time. I'm, I'm looking outside, and we see this guy ducking to an alley, and the cop's chasing him. We find out, well, what the hell happened? Uh, that was a rookie from Michigan. He threw a punch in uh, shenanigans, and they got him in the alley. That was our ball. 
We then another time, I was waiting for my buddy Danny. He was a manager working for the Lodge Management. You know, they own Bootleggers and the House yeah. of Beers, which is shenanigans, and a few other bars down there. Pippins, which ended up closing not too long ago. So I'm sitting on the, you know, outside the lodge. They had like a little railing for the cars not to hit the buildings. I'm sitting out there after having a few for the night and eating one of those big-ass uh, Affy Tapples from Five Faces. And I go, Dan, where are you going? He goes, I got to go inside. I go, what the hell is going on? He goes, uh, Terry, Terry Bevington, former manager of the White Sox, was getting into arguing with this guy from the uh, pitcher from Seattle. Next thing you know, they're rolling in the street in Bevinger's right in the middle of Division Avenue in a, in a chokehold. It was hysterical. You had to be there. Bevington's laying on the ground like a turtle couldn't get up. Help me up. Help me up. <laughs> oh, glad I was oh, there for man. that. Guys, not a bad showing today, guys. Some good stories. We got to get some more topics for next week. If anybody's out there, hey, you don't like what we're talking about? Hey, we're not picky. What do you want to hear? We got tons of stories, don't we, guys? Thanks for listening. We don't have for you. We'll, we'll make them up. Make Thanks them up. I don't know. Some of these stories sound made up, but they're really not made up. No, they happened. They happened. It's out there for everybody to uh, critique. All right. We, we, we got to end this, guys. We got to end this. Thanks for listening to Back in the Day. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what, what you'd like to hear about in the upcoming shows. We wish everyone a happy, healthy new year. A toast to the Lord to everyone. Yahtzee. I got to run. I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl, so right. I'll hit you up later. <laughs> <laughs>